Good to see all of you here. What happened to you, Matt? Slight error. Susan, get out of line. Slight error. Or she clocked you and like. You gonna be okay? Yeah. Good. Uh, it's good to have all you here. If you're watching us online, which is uh, Central Church of Christ, the my Sunday morning Bible study, we're going to be in Second Timothy chapter two. You want to turn over there, or uh, you want to get on your phones, get there. Uh, if you uh, if you uh, watched last week and uh, if you watched last week and if, if it seemed like something was going on here, we had a medical emergency. One of our people had a medical emergency, and and so when I cut it short, when the paramedic showed up, and so it's all good. It was, everything was fine, you know. It just it it uh, everybody here knew what was going on, but online they you know all they could see is right here. They couldn't see what was going on. So, but it's all good. Uh, everything's good. I'm glad you're with us. If you're if you're joining us, thank you so much for joining. I know there we have some folks that I know of. I know that uh, that Llewellyn and Ken watch from time to time. I know that uh, that I talked to somebody Sunday morning and said they couldn't get here, and they were watching it Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, I know that that people are watching. So. Uh, anyway, uh, I got a couple things uh, that. Uh, how many of you are are involved in doing the Bible reading that we've got the front the thing that we got going on? How do you how do you like that? I mean, you, you like it? I mean, it, it, you know, I had somebody yesterday tell me he said said, "Oh my God!" He said, "I had no idea some of that stuff was in there." And he said, "Man, I got hundreds of questions." I said, "Good." So, so you know, it's a. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing when you get in the book and you start reading, start studying, start looking at it. Not even studying, just reading. And you find out, wait a minute, I've heard this name before. You know, and, and think how much fun it is when you can when you start getting to it and you start to connect the dots. You can start to connect this dot with that dot. You know what this said over here and that said. That'll happen, so just keep after it, guys. And don't forget, next Sunday is fourth Sunday. It's going to be the next to last one we're going to have this year. We have one in September, one in October, and then we won't have one again until February. So so we'll, uh, we'll shut it down for... For about three months, we shut it down. I don't have one, so but it seems like every one of them falls right at, at, at Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that. So, so we just don't have. It. So, anyway, uh, we're I don't know if I know Glenn Schmidt went home. Uh, uh, Nancy said he's getting better every day. Uh, he's, he's improving every day. So uh, that's a, that's awesome. So, anyway, let's pray and we'll get then we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. We thank you for the power of the word. And the things that it can do in our lives and how it can change us, Father. And I pray that you'd open our hearts and open our minds. And that you, we will allow the word to touch us this morning, Father. Bless us with, the, with things that are said and things that are done that are right exactly what we need at the right time. And Father, I pray your blessings upon each one of us here. Father, be with our families. Be with, the, be with this church as we move forward. Father, we are striving to be what you want us to be. We are striving to be the, the evangelistic tool that you that you've called us to. And uh, sometimes when that happens, uh, Satan will, especially if he's afraid of us, and he is, uh, he's going to start to attack certain things and certain people, and, and he's doing that. And I pray, Father, you, you'd handcuff him, that you'd hinder him from that, and that you would give the people that he's, that he's really attacking right now, give them strength and courage, Father, to deal with what he's throwing at them, Father. Thank you uh, for their willingness to come and talk about it and be uh, mindful of it. And uh, just pray that continue to bless this church, Father. Uh, Father, we thank you for everything you do for us, all the things that are going on in our lives. We pray your blessings upon us as we move forward. And thank you, Father, for the rain that some of us have gotten. And we pray you continue to bless us in that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
I don't know about you. I talked to John L. yesterday, and I said, well, hey, how much range you get? He said, I ain't got a drop. No. I ain't got a drop. And uh, he said, I need a drop. He said, I, he said, my pasture needs some grain on it. Uh, so, you know, anyway, he's a... Uh, yeah, he said, I haven't got any. I said, I hated to tell him. I said, man, I got we got an inch and a quarter in about, about 40 minutes yesterday. Man. I mean, it poured down yesterday. So, but anyway. Okay. Paul is writing to Timothy. All right? And I've told you over and over and over that when he, when he writes to us, we can look at this stuff. It may not have been to us, but there's a lot of stuff here that is going on that, that we can learn from. All right? We can learn what he's trying to tell these this. Because Timothy is a preacher at Ephesus, probably not the best place to be. It was probably very chaotic, very very uh, undisciplined. Uh, the people around them, not the church so much, but the people around them. And it caused a lot of conflict there. And so when uh, when you li listen to some of the stuff he, he reads, you know, we need to pay attention. We really need to pay attention. And, I, and I'm telling you, from, from where we started last week to now and, and on until the end of this book, you need to pay attention. Discord, godless talk, false teaching, unholy lifestyles, and opposition to truth are a real problem today, just like they were for him. These are the things he's going to talk about from here on. He's going to talk about godless chatter. He's going to talk about you know people that are teaching error, blatant error, teaching that the resurrection already happened. Those are things that people are doing right now. That if you're not, if, you know, if you're not, if you haven't dealt with it. Thank you. I'm glad you haven't. But I'm telling you, it's out there. A lot of people are dealing with it. And there's a lot of godlessness out there. And a lot of suppression of the truth. Let me tell you something. I've told you this before. I'll tell you it again. For people to suppress the truth, they have to, at some point, eliminate this book or discredit this book. And there are times when I've heard Church of Christ preachers say that this book is no longer relevant. That it was written for a time, and that time has passed, and there's a different culture now. I've heard that said to my face. Okay? So if you think it's only outside, let me tell you something. That's not true. And if they can't silence this, then they will silence you. In our culture today, that's what they're trying to do. In many places, people are trying, trying to silence the truth coming out of people's lives and out of people's minds. I told you what happened to Bobby last week. He got banned from Facebook because he sent a friend of his a scripture reference and said, why don't you use this and, and use this for your prayer life? This scripture. It was Psalm 91. Psalm 91. What? Yes, sir. And a few, just a short time later, he gets a call. He gets a thing from Facebook. Uh, we're going to kick you off Facebook. You're no longer welcome on our platform. Probably the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but, but you understand, if they can't silence this, they'll silence you. And so when you look at this, what he's talking about, and the things that were involved, what Timothy is involved with, you pay attention, guys. You may not be a, you may not be dealing with it today, but somebody around you is. And you may down the road have to deal with some of this stuff. So pay attention what he's saying. He's talking here about the church. All right? And now, I want you to, we're going to go back to chapter 2, and I just want to read verse 15. Just for, we've already passed it, we're going to come to it. Come on in, guys. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. This is the solution, guys. Right in the middle of this, he said, here's the solution. 
pay attention. He said, do your best. Give you everything you've got to present yourself to God, a worker that doesn't need to be ashamed, but can correctly handle the word of truth. What do you think we're doing with this Bible reading? Getting you to a place where you can correctly handle the word of truth, where you can cut it down the middle and say, I know what this says, and I know what this says, and I know how to connect it together. And when you read enough, and you read it long enough, and you put enough of it in here and enough of it in here, guess what you're going to be able to start doing? You're going to start to be able to connect the dots from the beginning to the end, or the middle to the end, or the middle to the back. You're going to be able to connect the dots. When you can't now, and then it's going to start to impact you because he says that the, that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay? To, to dividing joint and marrow. It can cut you to the quick. If you, if you read it with the right heart. Okay? So when we look at this, and we look at, at what he's telling us, you know, he says in verse 16, to avoid godless chatter. What do you think godless chatter is? He said, I'm going I'm to read it. You know, he said, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge will become more and more ungodly. You know, I think we talked about this some, but I just want, what do you think godless chatter is? What do you think that is? Gossip. Gossip? Come on. I know. I, I, go ahead. Arguing over things that are not, excuse me, not really important. Okay, he said that before verse 15. He said, he said, quit arguing over words. You're arguing over words. You know, what were you going to say, Linda, that when it says godless chatter? She said gossip. What do you think that, what do you think, what do you think godless chatter is? This is not conversation you have. That's not what he's talking about. But, but talking in a judgmental way. Talking about someone and saying, I'm going to talk about this person, I'm going to talk about that person, I'm going to do you know, that's less, that's different than gossip. This is this is godless. And he said, You do this and you'll become more ungodly. Quit judging folks. Quit judging them. You know, and quit talking about you know, we're talking about this and talking about this and talking about this person, that person. Stop it. You know, we do that sometimes and it makes us feel good because we're kind of lifting we think we're lifting ourselves up and we're not. He says in Matthew 7, he says in Matthew 7, the same measure you use, I will use on you. What were you going to say, Larry? Work in industry, work on construction, work around people with that. And I'm not saying we're all with that mentality, but a lot of them are. Horse joking. And that's basically what it is. The more you hear it, the less it affects you. The more you seem to become immune. And then you become involved. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I and I've always for for most of my life I worked by myself. I most shop was by myself. You know I had but but I had a lot of customers. I, and I had if any of you ever come into my shop, you saw that there was a sign that I had in there said. No profanity. God doesn't like it. Neither do I, because because it got and that and I would I had to run some people off. I just ran them off. I said I can't I can't be around this. I don't want you here. You know I I, I, I don't need your money that bad. You know I just go because I don't want to listen to this nonsense. You know taking God's name in vain all the time. It's godless chatter. This kind of stuff. Now now let's move on. He said and there's a couple of guys here and we and you know I'm not going to talk about this much, but what they're teaching is that the resurrection already happened. Okay. If you get out there right now and you just scroll through it, uh, religious programming, oh my gosh, 
Oh my gosh, you can come up with every kind of scenario out there, man. You know, you can come, you can find somebody that believes that the resurrection is going to happen tomorrow, or it's going to happen, or it happened last week, and we just got left behind. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of nonsense out there. What do I know about today? What do I know about today? Tomorrow's not come yet. I got to deal with today. I don't care what's going to happen tomorrow. What I do know is that what. And, well, let's, let's move on because I want to talk about this. Look at what he said. He said, God's solid, solid foundation stands firm, sealed with his, this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. What's the solid foundation he's talking about? I looked at a bunch of commentary. There's all kinds. Of, they, they, they're, they're all over the place. You know what I think it is? I think it's the church. Because you look at it in the context of what this, these two letters are. He's talking about Timothy. Take care of the church. The, yeah, now I want you to turn back to second. The first Pete, first Timothy, chapter three. And I told you when we got here, we read this. I told you we're going to do it again when we get back in chapter in, in second Timothy. But look at what he says in verse uh, fourteen. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church. Right. The church of the living God. The pillar and foundation of the truth. Now, if you go back over here, what did he say? He said, he said, God's solid foundation stands firm. When he talked to Timothy, when he talked to Peter, when in Peter in chapter Matthew chapter 16, he says, Who do men say that I am? Peter said, You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. He said, Because flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And he said, and I tell you, you're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus, it, it, you could be talking about Christ himself, because it said that Christ is the stone that he builds it all on. The church is built. But he says in 1 Timothy that the church is the foundation of the truth and the pillar of the truth. If we're not teaching the truth, if we're not standing for truth, if we're not doing what we need to be doing, then the church is going to will die. It won't die as a, as a unit, as a, it, but it can die here. I've seen churches die. So have you. I've seen them lose their focus, lose their sight, and eventually wither into nothing because they lost focus of what they're supposed to be. What are we supposed to be in, as a church? We're supposed to be the foundation of the truth, the pillar of the truth. Stand for the truth. and then. But then on the other hand, what do we have? We have people attacking us every day, attacking the truth, saying that this is not really true. And you don't know what to tell them because you don't know the book. So what you need to do? Get in the bird in the word. So what are we doing? We've got a program going on where you can go pick up a paper and you can read something every week. It's got and it's a lot of reading, guys. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's a lot. You know, it takes some effort. You got to make a decision. I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna read now, or I'm gonna read. I read some of mine this morning that I had to catch up from last week that I didn't finish from last week. But you know, it's when you look at this and it says. He said, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. And look at what the inscription is. The Lord knows those who are his. That's number one. There's two, there's two parts to this inscription. God says, I've put an inscription. I've put a seal. We know it's the Holy Spirit. And he said, I've sealed this thing. I've put a, I've put a marker. This is, you know, I, I, was, I, 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 I watch a lot of stuff about World War II and about, uh, uh, you know, because I had an uncle that got killed in World War II. And so I... I've, I've, I've watched stuff like that. 
and I'm surprised, I'm, I'm amazed at how many memorials there are out there. You know, on Omaha Beach, I saw one yesterday. Omaha Beach, y'all know what Omaha Beach was. It was the it was the June 6, 1944 landing of D-Day, and uh, thousands of men got killed. I mean, the Germans got them in a crossfire and just ripped them to pieces. I mean, just just butchered them, you know. And and if you if you've seen the movie Saving Private Ryan, it begins. That's the beginning. Is Omaha Beach and the landing in Omaha Beach. And I've listened to some some guys that were there. They said they'd never seen a movie that was as realistic as that movie was. Said to make it as real as it was. Said it like it was like they were back there. And I'd, I'd, I'd heard of guys getting up out of theaters and walking out, older men that were there because they could not watch it because it was it was so graphic and what it did. But you know there are memorials there now to certain people, certain guys that did things, and they have memorials, and so they have inscriptions on them who they are, what they did, you know what kind of what kind of accomplishments they did. Here he says, I've got an inscription on the church, and he said, this is a this is a household full of people that I know I know them now I I know pretty much all of you in here I know your name I know who you are but I don't know you the way this says because this word is a word in the Greek called genosko and it means an intimacy okay there's only one person I know in here a genosko taught knowledge and that's her she's the only one I know her intimately. I know her deeply. I know I know her in a way you will never ever know her. God knows you in a way that I can never know you. Right? I can't know you that way. God does. He has an intimacy with you. And he said, I'm gonna write it on the church. He said, These are this place is full of my people. I know them. I have a relationship with them. Not because you're so hot, because you're so good. Because you've done so much good stuff, because you're so rich, you're so beautiful, or so handsome, not because of any of that. It's because the blood of his son washed you clean. That's why. And he's taken you, and he's taken you out of the dark and translated you into the light. And he said, The light is my kingdom, my church. And he said, It's a solid foundation of the truth. So don't doesn't it sound like doesn't it seem like, man, I really better be on my game now. I better be, I get I need to start learning. Don't you think? I think the expectation he has of me is that I need to start learning. Shame on us for not doing it. Shame on us for not reading more. And I said, have, have you found, have, as those of you who raised your hand, have you found something that you that you read that you didn't know before? Or you saw something new? Sarah saw, how long have you been doing this? How long, how long have you been in God's Word? More than 50 years. And she's been reading the reading and found something she didn't know. So if you've only been a Christian for a little bit, what do you think you're gonna find? A plethora of stuff that you don't know. I mean, you're gonna know every page. You're gonna say, well, "I didn't know that." Well, I didn't know that either. Man, I didn't know that. God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> do what now? Say that again. Even if you've been sitting in Bible class your entire life as a child. Story, but I mean, you know, I didn't know, you know, where the went to bed with so and so's wife. And, I mean, you know, it's like, don't do that. You don't tell them half of what's in that first part of the well, You know, no, I, I understand that. You know, I'm too, I'm too out there. 
That's why I can't teach little kids. <laughs> Here's the truth. Here's the answer. You know, and not realize they don't they don't have a concept of this. You know, but when you get older and you do have a concept, and I think it's I think personally I think it's your parents' responsibility. Take them home and teach them this stuff. Teach them the stuff that that Bible teacher can't teach them. Teach them the stuff. Teach them what it means. And I don't know when that is for you. That's your that's your man. I'm not raising your kids. You are. You do it whenever you when it, whenever it's comfortable for you, all right. But they need to know these stories. They need to know what happened. You know, David. That David, we we set David up on a white horse, and he's a, and he's all that. No, he isn't. No, he's not. He's an adulterer and a murderer. And you know what God says about him? He's a man after my own heart. What? What? Yep. So he says he's a man after my. You know why? Because he asked for forgiveness and he repented. Because he got on his knees and he begged God, please don't hurt me. I know I've been bad. I know I've done bad stuff. Please don't. Man, we ought to, we ought to look at him and say, man, you know. And then Jesus comes along and sits on his throne. And fulfills the promise that, that God made to David. And said, you will always have someone on the throne forever. And here we are. And we get to, be, we get, to get the blessing of that. And so when you look at this, the foundation stands firm. There's no, the church ain't going nowhere, guys. Satan can do everything he wants to do. He will not destroy the church. He may take down this building. He may take down a church down the street somewhere or, or in another county. So he may take that church down. They may lose sight and lose their mind and lose focus and, and dwindle away until nobody's faithful, nobody's holy anymore. They're just, they're just existing. He may do that. But when it comes to the church, the spiritual kingdom of God, guess what Satan can't do? He can't destroy it, guys. That's what we're calling people to. We're not calling them the central church of Christ. We're calling them to the spiritual foundation of God. They're still calling to the kingdom of God. That's what we're calling them to. And if we don't know what that is, and it's not important to us, and it's not special to us, and it's not done wind our clock up, then guess what you're not going to be asked to tell them to do? You're not going to be inviting them to the kingdom of God because it's not important enough to you to do that. So when he looks, when you look at this and he said, the Lord that know, who knows who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. He said those who confess his name. He said those he knows and those who have confessed his name. And these people are going to turn away from wickedness. Let me ask you something. What did you have to do in your life to turn away from wickedness? What did you have to do? What was the what was the the, the things in life that, that that you had to do to, to turn away from wickedness? Or what are you doing as we speak to turn away from wickedness? What did you do? And if it sounds like I beat this up and I talk about this all the time, it's a question I ask all the time. It is. Because I need to remind you over and over and over that this is a process and that you that you gave up some stuff, you walked away from some stuff and walked right into others. And it's an ongoing process you're going to be into for the rest of your life. But the mindset has to be, I am going to stop going in this direction and I'm going to start going that direction. Yeah, Larry, go ahead. You know, I said, well, go construction people, industrial people, it goes on everything. Sure. I mean, that's just life. But that's a pattern. People look at you. Yeah. You're going to be sometimes made fun of or like made light of or whatever. Uh, but that's just part of it. 
I told I was preaching at Fortran one day, and there was a family came in, and they 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 would usually come in, and they were they were a family. There was it was a son of one of the members, and and they brought teenage kids in, and usually it was three teenagers with them. And uh, and I and I preached something similar to that, and I told him I said, and I looked, I pointed right at him, and I said, I don't have any idea what you're going through, because I don't know what it's like to stand up for Christ in the middle of high school. I have no idea. I said, I don't envy you. It must be extremely difficult to stand up for Jesus in a pool of sewage. It must be extremely difficult. Yep. And I and I got all three of them to nod their heads. You didn't get reaction out of teenagers much. You know, they kind of they kind of like the, the, they're like zombies. They kind of look. At, <laughs> they're like this. But you don't. They don't and I got all three of them to respond to me because they I, they knew I knew that this was a struggle for them. I don't know what it's like in your house. I don't know what it's like in your in your life to stand up for truth, to stand up for God, and to avoid and, and walk away from wicked. I don't have any idea. I don't know what things that you're involved in that you may you may need to know. I need to stop doing this. And I need to turn around, and it's going to tear your whole life apart to do this. You may be in a relationship that. You know, and someone online may be in a relationship where you're where you're living together, and you know this is not right. You know it's not, and you know that to, to do this, I'm going to have to walk away, and it's got it's going to be the most difficult thing you've ever done, and it may take you a while. May 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 look at it, and it may drink, eat on you for months and months and months, maybe years before you look around and say, I can't do this anymore. Maybe you have a substance abuse problem, and you know. That every time that you do that, every time you, you take drugs or you drink, every time you know this is not what I need to be doing. I need to stop. I need to turn away from this. And it's the most difficult thing you've ever done. And maybe you maybe you maybe you're working on it now. I don't know. You know, and and you look at it and say, This is what God said the church is full of. He said, people who are striving to turn from wickedness, who I know, and if I'm gonna be a part of that kingdom. Just getting baptized don't fix this, guys. All right, you understand? We come in contact with the blood. We got to stay there. We got to stay involved in a place where God can save our lives. We've got to try to get our kids there. And the only way that's going to happen in many instances is they got to watch us do it, because everything around them, everything around them is turning them away from the church, turning them away from truth. Because what are they trying to do? They're trying to destroy the truth. They're trying to. They, if they take the truth and they take it away like this, say, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move the truth out. They have to eliminate the truth, guys. So when you look at this and you say, okay, what am I gonna do? How, what do I need to do to to start walking from away from wickedness? I don't know what it is for you. I have no idea. I only know what it is for me, and what I need to stop doing, and what 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 challenges and works on me. I know what that is. But if I'm going to be a part of this solid foundation be, and be useful, because the next text, look at what the next text said. Look at what he said here. He said, but on, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some are for ignoble. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. What is he telling What do you say? What do you say? Useful some way or another. Okay. In every house, who, who in you house, there's, there's stuff you have to get rid of. Okay. Right. 
right. changed. Who do you think he's talking about when he talks about those those ignoble, those people that are not special? Who, who do you think he's talking about? Not for good use. What, what about the what about the evil people that were there in the church in that day and time? What about the people that were teaching falsehood, the godless chattering, the nonsense that was going on? People like those two guys he mentioned that were looking and saying, "Hey, you know, you, the, the resurrection already happened." Going against everything Paul taught them, everything Timothy was teaching them, and he, they went against it. What do you think? What do you think? Who do you think that? You think those are the people? How do I how do I clean this thing up to get it to where God can use me? And what have you seen God using you doing? What have you seen God using other people doing? Have you seen them using people? You know, I know Kyle, Kyle is going to get up this morning with his son. You know, I think that's a great thing, man. With all the guys, I know Mark, Paul's done it, and and uh, you know <laughs> Connor's gotten up there, and Liam and and uh, and Jared have gotten up there. I mean, if this. You know, teaching your children, hey, this may be uncomfortable. And yes, let me tell you, standing in that pulpit's uncomfortable. Well, that's why some of them still don't do it. They sit in the back. That's fine too. But having your hearing your voice come over a microphone, over a speaker system, I know guys that won't do it at all. Absolutely will not. So, so what is the what is the, the purpose of the thing? The noble stuff, the good stuff that he can use me for. And what are you looking forward to be being able to do at some point? What are you looking forward to? Is there anything you're looking forward to doing? That if I clean this thing up, God can use me for this maybe, or this maybe, or whatever. And what's the what is the the what is the type of vessel that you've been that hasn't been useful? That's been for immoral or ignoble purposes. What you know you're saying. Some people can be used differently than other people. Everybody's experience is different. And somebody who's been through whatever it is can be a, a, a real inspiration to somebody else who's going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and we all are, are different. We've all got things that we've been through. It makes a big difference if you are talking to someone who's been where you are. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, who are these people he's talking about here? Who are the vessels? What are, he said, we got some vessels that are made of silver and gold, okay? They're used for special purposes. Man, I got special things for them. Then got other ones made out of wood and clay. All right? But they're not, not so special. They're more unspecial. And he says, and he says there, and you know this, he said, these are, these are instruments that need to be eliminated. Because he says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes made holy. That mean the other ones weren't holy? Yeah. Look at the context. What is it? Those other ones weren't holy. So what is he talking about here? Those people in the church, and we got, go ahead, Scott. I mean, even the apostles that okay. Jesus chose, they were fishermen. They were not, they were mostly fishermen. Uh, they were not highly thought of people. He, he didn't go to the high council. He didn't go to the Jewish leadership. He took common men that did common things and, and chose them. You know, Paul, you know, between Paul and Peter, you got the two heroes of the New Testament besides Jesus. Both of them, a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, but they, they changed. They turned from, from what they did wrong. Yeah. We get 
same opportunity. That's a great point, Scott. Great yeah. point. You know, y'all know, I mean, what he's saying is Peter and Paul were, they were heroes in the New Testament. They were. I mean, you hear more about them and John than any of the other ones. And those two guys, they got their issues, man. Paul writes a whole chapter in the book of Romans. You know, I'm saying how bad he, he looks at himself and sees himself. What did they do? They changed. They allowed God to make them holy. Okay? They allowed, they were willing to walk away. Paul on the road to Damascus walks away from his whole life, guys. Everything he is and what defines him, he walks away from. Go look at Philippians chapter 3. He said, of all the things he said, he said, I was a Pharisee. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. He said, I was of the elite. I was, when it came to, to righteous, you know, when it came to legalistic righteous, I was faultless. Means he looked at himself and said, I didn't make any mistakes. That's what he was saying. I didn't make any mistake. And then all of a sudden, the mistake he made stands right in front of him. And now what's he going to do? When Jesus stands right in front of you and you've already said, well, I'm pretty good. I'm, I, mean, I, don't need to do, I don't need to work on that. And I don't really need to do that because God knows, man, I really love this person. I really, I really, I don't, I don't really, I don't hurt anybody when I do this or do that. I don't really hurt anybody. And you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just, you know, I watch my parents chatter and chatter and chatter and be gossips like that. And so I just kind of learned it from them. And God's saying, you don't understand. On my church, the inscription is, here are people that I know and people that have walk, are walking away from this stuff that I'm making holy. That's who's in this place. That's who's in this church. That's who's in this kingdom. You know, I want you to turn to a text. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know what he's talking to here? He's talking to blood-washed individuals. Peter is. One of, one of the guys that, that Scott talked about. Talking to blood-washed individuals, people who have been baptized by Christ, who have given themselves to Christ, and were struggling and suffering. Okay? That's who he's talking to. He's talking to the saints. So he's talking to those who have been set apart, holy people. And he said, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. You remember the inscription? What did the inscription say? Those that I know, they are mine, my special possession. What do you think he's going to do to Satan when he starts beating the garbage out of you? What do you think? What do you think? What would you do? Kyle, what would you do if someone came and attacked your son? What would you do? How far would you go? I don't want you to answer. I just want you to think about it. How far would I go if somebody was attacking one of my daughters? What would I do? This is God saying, these are mine. Leave them alone. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen. And, and he said, here he said, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. a holy. And I like the King James. King James said, a peculiar people. I always like that text. Peculiar people. This one said, said, God's special possession that you what may do what? What does it say at the end? What does it say? Y'all read it? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He has plucked us out of the world. If he has not plucked you out of the world, then you're still steeped to your neck in sin. Okay? 
And the only way to be a part of this firm foundation is for him to know you. And Jesus said, the only way that happens, you have to know Jesus first. That's what you have to do. He said, my father, know me. They know me. They know my voice. And he said, and, and then I have to be one who's willing to turn around and go away from the wickedness and the evil of life. And, and become set apart, become holy. And he said, and then I may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was just thinking about Paul. Paul really was kind of revered, even in the bad, all the bad stuff he was doing, because people looked at him. And so when he got slapped in the face of that, he had to eat a lot of crow and really turn around and give up the, all of the praise and the stuff he was getting from the Pharisees. I mean, let, let me, I, I'm gonna. I'm, this is for select few. Maybe they're online. I don't know who they are. This is for. You know how difficult it was for me to walk away from my lifestyle. I was a member of of a denominational world my whole life. My family was steeped in it up to their neck. Still is. And I had to turn around and walk away from it. You know how difficult that was. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I want you to know that if I can do it, you can do it. I did it. I walked away. Didn't make me a lot of friends in my family, let me tell you that. Did it, does it, Crib? Don't make you a lot of friends. Puts a target on you. I had a target on me for a long time. They finally realized that they couldn't beat me enough. They couldn't shoot enough arrows at me. It wasn't going to work. I was done. I was done. I walked away from the garbage and the lies, and I was walking into the truth. Yeah, David, go ahead. You had the will, but you knew the word. You know what gave it to me? You know what gave it to me? Knowing the book. Yeah. The more I read, the more I realized I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> the more I was finding out, hey, this is tough. Man, you know when the books, how many of you have had the books slap you in the mouth? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Slap me in the mouth. You know what? I've been slapped in the mouth before. I got punched one time by a guy and knocked me clean out. One punch, knocked me out. Boom, I was out. I woke up and he's on top of me. Had knots all over the back of my head where he's beating on me. Man. I never threw a punch. Knocked me smooth out. I got hit harder with this than he ever hit me. And that guy was known for how hard his, his hands were. His hands like concrete. And, and yet, this hit me worse because this challenged my whole life. That guy wasn't going to kill me. He was going to beat me up. He wasn't going to kill me. He did a good job beating me up, but he didn't kill me. This, I was going to die because of it. And I knew it. And it beat me right in the mouth. So I know what you're going through. I know what it means to have a lifestyle where you're not a maybe I wasn't addicted, but where you're you're involved in in illicit activity. You know, I'm involved in this stuff. You know, I got ultimatums from my wife. Stop or else. Stop or else. We're done. That didn't even do it. She told me that too many times. Numerous times. It wasn't just one time. It was numerous. But when God said, dude, you better listen to her. Because if you don't, he said, I'm going to abandon you too. Man, that's no. Uh -uh. Yeah. Let's, yes, be, let's be like the prodigal son. We have to come to our senses you know, on our own. I can't I can't describe to you, unless you're there, what it feels like to be, be watering in a pig pen, eating with the pigs eat. That's real. That's real. There are people in this room, people online, right now, that are finding themselves face down in mud, eating what the pigs are eating. 
don't know it. And don't realize it. And don't know it. Don't want to admit it. That that's where they are. He said, he said, the inscription on this foundation, I know them. And the only way you can be known by God is you have to belong to him. And he said, and I'm, and they are the ones who are turning away from wickedness. So when, when I look at this and I say, okay, I want to be a cup that he can use. I want him to use me for special stuff. I want him to use me where I can sit down with someone and impart truth to them. Or walk into a place and people know there's something different about that individual. That person stands for something different. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life. You have to eliminate the wood and the, and the clay, the pot that is no, for no, no good purpose, only for bad, and you need to eliminate it and clean it up. Eliminate. Yeah, I've read a commentary on this. It was about a, they said there were certain buckets, or wooden buckets that, they, that this referred to, and they used it to take out the sewer, the sewage. And for it to be used for anything else, they had to scrub it and scrub it and scrub it, and you could never get it clean enough. Same idea. Got to scrub it long enough until God, and you let God be the soap, and God use the, the stuff to clean you up, and then he can turn you into silver and gold. Amazing. All right? We're going to pick it up here next week, guys. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for participating. Uh, we're going to pick it up. because we got way more stuff that the church is going to be involved in here, okay? All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.